Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside our good friend, friend of the podcast, regular and host on the Bucks Radio Network, Justin Garcia. Uh, similar to yesterday with the episode with Frank, uh, the updates are still sort of rolling through as we speak here. So I don't think we're going to uh, give any major as it happens updates here because I think by the time a lot of people are listening to this podcast, uh, they will be a little outdated. I will just say right off the top, and we mentioned this on yesterday's show, but uh, Zora Stevens, obviously yesterday as a part of that uh, great broadcast with Fox Sports Wisconsin, uh, she was on the podcast uh, a few months ago. It was June 15 with her father, Charles, and we spoke about uh, a bunch of different topics, including uh, racism, social injustice. Obviously, her father has uh, his own experiences uh, from growing up in America, and I just found the conversation extremely interesting. I bumped that on my own Twitter today uh, at Kane Pittman, and also on the Locked On Bucks at Locked On Bucks account. So I would say over the weekend that's certainly worthwhile listening, as it seems that basketball is progressing towards a, a return. We're going to get that in just a second, but in the meantime, I certainly recommend going back and checking that one out. But Justin. As we talk about broadcasting through, uh, honestly, the, the longer the time period goes after this game yesterday, for me, it feels even more monumental what we saw as a historic moment for not only the Milwaukee Bucks franchise, but the NBA and sports in general and the trickle-down effect we've seen after this. Uh, you were obviously at Fiserv Forum as well, alongside those guys on Fox Sports Wisconsin, dealing with this while being live on air. And obviously, it, this was something that potentially could have happened but no one had uh, any guarantee that this was going to go down no one had any prior notice so what was that like for you with this period before the game when the bucks don't come out on the floor and just just sort of navigating that situation and trying to wrap your head around what's going on um yeah it was uh it was quite a day where uh, we were first tipped off i think most of us we're kind of tipped off around the same time when uh, our friend Matt Velasquez had tweeted out um, just a note about the, the stat screen that we have access to. And it uh, did not list George Hill among the 13 active players. So he had tweeted out, hey, it looks like George Hill is inactive. So you see that and then you immediately pull it up yourself and look to see, is there any, you know, it, do I see the same thing? Did I get an email from Bucks PR or do I have a text from Bucks PR? to tell us, by the way, George Hill's a late scratch, or what do you read into that? And then it was at that moment that we saw that, and we're trying to piece together, okay, is this you know, injury-related? Is this related to some of the comments we heard early in the week from George Hill? And right at that moment, I, I just remember um, sitting in the locker room we're in and looking at the monitor that's in front of us, and, you know, as we do some pregame segments, a lot of it is playing audio off of my computer. So as I'm playing it, 
I'm watching the monitor and seeing players out on the floor warming up. And for whatever reason, it just struck me of, you know what? I don't think we've seen the Bucks players on the floor yet. And just looking at the view from afar and seeing the magic shoot around and asking uh, Ted Davis too, have the Bucks come out on the floor yet? And he kind of said, no. And still, I think at that point, neither of us read that into it, that as soon as that went on a little longer, then everything really started to compound. And it seemed like right at that moment, the camera feed that we had of the floor in Orlando eventually uh, just centered in on the magic players that were on the floor. And you could see them all starting to congregate and look towards the tunnel. And within a minute or so, the feed shifted from on the court to just positioned in basically the hallways and the corridors of the field house that are in there in Orlando to a camera that was just fixed on the locker room door of the Bucks, And that's when you start to think, okay, we haven't seen them yet. There's a camera positioned outside their door. So they're probably thinking the same thing of, uh, where are the Bucks? It seems like something's happening. And then, you know, within minutes we saw uh, a league official make his way um, past that camera and onto the floor and talking to game officials. And then you saw the officials leave the floor. And I think that was the first sign of, yeah, so something is definitely happening here. So, um, you know, just I think I feel like all of us hit those same realizations at the same time. Just you know, looking at Twitter and seeing what everybody was tweeting in real time and following those that were uh, in the bubble and just seeing them basically come to the same realization as you at the same time. It's you know, it's a day that I know I'll never forget. And you know, I, I still did. We ended up doing over three hours of a post game show for a game that didn't even occur. Uh, last night on our ESPN station here in Milwaukee. And we basically just talked about the day and how, you know, this isn't a big day in sports history. This is a big day in American history that we're going to think back to the 68 Olympics and the stance that the Bucks took. And this is going to be remembered along those lines that what these guys did um, will go down in history like that. And, you know, I had said something very similar on, on Twitter and talking to some of the people that I did, but for the very small role that I have within the organization, I still felt a great sense of pride to be associated with this franchise, to see them take steps as drastically as what they did yesterday. Yeah, no question. I think the, the point that you make about the fact that uh, you were broadcasting the game, but also watching the monitors, I, I think sticks out to me because I'm here in Australia. I'm watching league pass. And I'm seeing the same things. I mean, you might have a couple of different angles there, but I think, again, yeah. it, it just highlights the, the, the whole unique situation that we're in with the game right now, covering the game, and the fact that there was reporters on the ground. Uh, they didn't necessarily know too much more than us here, me across the world, you obviously from FISO Forum. And we know, I, I couldn't help but think to myself during that time, well, what would happen if we were at Fiserv Forum and you would probably just run down from the media spot, hang outside the locker room, try and see what's going on. It's, it's just kind of remarkable, the situation that we're in right now. Uh, we spoke about the player meetings that were happening basically as we were recording last night. There was a bunch of stuff that came out of that that we'll get to in a second. Uh, this morning... Uh, on so Thursday US time the NBA did release a statement it said NBA playoff games for today will not be played as scheduled we are hopeful to resume games either on Friday or Saturday there is a video conference call meeting scheduled later this afternoon between a group of NBA players and team governors 
representing the 13 teams uh, in Orlando. So we knew that they had the uh, meeting between uh, the governors, the board of governors at 11 a.m. And also, so obviously, there was going to be some players involved there. I think the big takeaway for me from the meetings last night from the players, and again, we're getting all sorts of scattered reports coming here, and this source said this happened in the meeting, and this player was annoyed, and this team was frustrated. I think the big thing for me as as someone from the outside in this situation is that this was clearly a very emotional time. And, and while it was probably important for these players to get together, I didn't personally read anything into these meetings in terms of the uh, perhaps the frustrations with the players, the frustrations with the way it went down because this was all so close to home and so close to the initial events that uh, we know uh, that we thought was a possibility, but it wasn't the expectation that it was essentially going to happen. And certainly it appears that it wasn't the expectation within the whole group at that point in time. So I didn't go... Uh, you know, overreact too much to the to the possibility that maybe basketball won't return. But I think the the important message to note here was that it wasn't going to return, and it isn't going to return unless there is some expectations met and at least some steps taken towards some positive change. All right, Justin, I'm going to jump in and talk a little bit about our friends at CBDMD because it doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. The CBD freeze with menthol is one option, or you can go down the path of CBD recover, but... To make it even easier to try out this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they are offering all our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at the checkout. Once again, that's cbdmd.com promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. Uh, for me, you know, the strangest part was after that the game was officially postponed and uh, sitting there in Pfizer form and just kind of waiting. And uh, I was in the building until 9.30 at night. So uh, six and a half hours after tip-off was supposed to be because, you know, there was a large portion of the time there where I didn't want to leave because we had access to those cameras in Orlando and we could yeah. see what was happening. And you could see – um, I know the players remained in the locker room and actually uh, when they were leaving, so we could see players leaving and going back into the locker room. And what I'm being told is it's because of the setup in Orlando. They're basically in like a broom closet <laughs> and they turned it into a locker room. So they're leaving to go to the bathroom and then walking down the hall past reporters and going back into that um, locker room, that makeshift locker room that they're in. So I didn't want to leave and give up the access to that. So I kind of hung around to see, okay, when are they going to emerge from the locker room and waiting for them to release the statement as it was, um, you know, some point that afternoon, I think, I feel it was around like five o'clock that John Horst told the reporters that um, you guys are welcome to stay here. The team isn't going to take questions, but they will release a statement. So um, just sticking around for that to see how that would unfold. And, um, then, like I said, eventually staying there and doing a show until well into the evening. Um, you know, it was awkward because – so usually I'll just leave a lot of my stuff there at the arena so you don't have to lug it back and forth every time. 
I had to take everything home and tear everything down and take it home because at that point when you left, you know, none of us could have said with any confidence one way or another if this season was going to resume. So you had to assume there's a decent chance here that they're not going to play again. And, you know, to the point you made of it was very early, so let's not take anything away from that. My initial thought was they wouldn't in that I think we've seen a few players say this too, that I think the fear was probably, you know, if we do this today and all of a sudden the games resume tomorrow or in two days, that does that kind of dampen the message that we put out there? So that's where my mind was at when I left the arena and then you start to see more information uh, trickle out of there. But the, I'm with you where the more you started to gather, you had to kind of view it as, okay, well, this is how we're feeling now and confused and not sure what the plan going forward is. Imagine being one of these players that it affects even greater. Um, you know, it's obviously an emotional decision. So to see the, well, the Lakers and the Clippers said, you know, unofficial polls and they decided not to play. I mean, all of that stuff, I would imagine these players had you know gone back and forth and changed their mind in a span of hours. So uh, it was, it, you know, it was just strange to, again, you felt like you were back on March 11th all over again, where all of a sudden you just knew it's done today. And I don't know when it's going to be back. It's absolutely crazy. And you bring up March 11th. And obviously that was when the season shut down for uh, the positive COVID test with Rudy Gobert. And then the season was obviously postponed for three months. And I, yeah, very, very different circumstances clearly. And, and one was obviously a public health crisis. This one very much a, a longstanding issue with racism within the US. I mean, let's be honest, it's completely different. And one, uh, both very important, but both very different at the same time. But it is crazy to think that in the same year, we've had these two moments that certainly we are never going to forget. Within those meetings, there uh, you know, reportedly was some frustration towards the Bucks with the way that this was handled and the fact that uh, the, the MBPA, the other t- players and representatives weren't notified that this was going to go down. Uh, they did believe that perhaps there could have been more organization with this being the case. And again, I wasn't in the meeting. I don't know the extent of those, uh, that frustration or the comments that were made or what sort of vitriol was directed towards the Bucks, if you can use that word, within uh, this uh, decision that was made. But I, I just can't, I, I can't handle that. I, I'm not taking that. Because if you talk to, uh, obviously, or listen to the statement that was made from the Bucks if you go with all the reports and I know Marcus Johnson spoke this morning of what he has understood about what went down here. You mentioned the fact that George Hill was inactive in this game. And certainly I think having a unified front among the players would be great. And that's ideally what you want in this situation. But think about this from the isolated perspective of the Bucks. So first of all, this latest incident, that has gone down with the shooting of Jacob Blake happened in Wisconsin, first of all. So this is in the Milwaukee Bucks franchise's backyard that this has happened. Uh, they are going out for a game and one player in this instance, and, and we don't know if it was just George Hill, but the, the George Hill obviously didn't feel comfortable with playing. He spoke out a couple of days before and said that he felt helpless in the bubble. There's nothing they can do. This is bigger than basketball. He didn't feel that he could go out there and, and play with everything else going on. So he didn't want to play. What are the Bucks supposed to do in this situation? Turn their back on their teammate and say, 
listen, we understand uh, what you're going through. We're in a similar situation, but we're still going to go and play this playoff game now. No, that's not the way that this Bucks team operates. They're, they're one and all in, particularly with something as serious as this, particularly with an issue that has affected this locker room and this roster when you think about the incident with Sterling Brown a couple of years ago. So they stuck with their guy and they said, we support you. We are rolling this together. We're in this fight. And it was too late at that point to do anything else about it. So I'm not going to sit here and say that you can criticize the Bucks for the way this went down. And the thing on top of that that I would say, if you want to make a real statement by doing something like this, I don't think there could possibly be a bigger statement than the Bucks made by this coming by complete surprise. I think that was part of what uh, made this such global news. And I can say global news because the amount of people I've had asking me for my thoughts, my comments regarding the Milwaukee Bucks, I've never had anything like this in my life. So I don't think that I, that I can really accept any criticism of the way this went down for the Bucks. This was, to me, was a team that is unified in this together and stuck by each other, and, and I love it. Yeah, and to me, the thing that didn't really add up for some of the reports of that and that other teams felt blindsided by the Bucks and like, hey, we all agreed to this unified thing that we were going to do, and, and here the Bucks came and did this um, – the thing that I never really got with that is, well, why were the magic on the floor then? And why were the magic shooting around? So it, it seems as though, if, you know, if it seems if there was this unified plan, it potentially was not boycotting the game because why else would Orlando have taken the floor in the first place? And wouldn't this have been something that was done in unison? Um, I'm with you, though, where – and look, I think the big issue – and I think the Bucks are smart enough to know this – is we, we knew George Hill was clearly very affected by this. We know how much Sterling Brown is as well and how he has been very outspoken. And he's been, you know, it's no surprise that George Hill and Sterling Brown were the two guys delivering the message yesterday. Um, if you're the Bucks and this happens in your backyard and you kind of touched on this, I mean, when we've heard for the last few days the potential of, hey, the Celtics and Raptors are talking about doing something here, I'm sure a lot of this, too, for the Bucs, um, and it's not just an optics thing, but I'm sure this played into it, is, you know, what's that going to look like, though, if this happened in our backyard, we play a game, a day later the Celtics and Raptors say, we're doing something for this, that we should be the ones, since this is our community, we should be the ones that do something here. So I, I, I'm with you where, look, at. I, Frankly, I don't care if the other teams were upset either because you at least need that first person to jump in the pool. And somebody needs to do something first. So it's easy to say, hey, we all aligned on this and we all plan to do something. Um, you know, but who knows if a, a team or two wouldn't have followed through. So you just needed that first team to take that plunge. And I'm glad the Bucks were the team that did it. Well, I'm not doing too much driving at the moment, Justin, but if I was and I needed some repairs on my car, I know that I would be heading to rockauto.com. They are the family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 plus years. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for the professionals as they are for the do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. That's locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. 
Also, we should say shout out to Jalen Brown. Clearly, the Celtics are a rival. We don't like to give the Celtics any type of credit at all. But Jalen Brown's been an outstanding leader over the last few months. And certainly the reports uh, suggest that he was one that stood up and said, hey, hey, come on, hang on a second. We are all in this together. Let's not start blaming each other for this fight uh, that, we are, that we are a part of and this movement that we are trying to progress. So again, on top of that, as I just said, uh, emotions clearly running high. I don't blame anyone for any frustrations or any emotions they were feeling at all yesterday through these meetings. But at the same time, once, once we all take a step back, I don't think that there could be any criticism of, of what the Bucks did yesterday. Like you pointed to at the start, uh, for the very, very, very small part that I've had anything to do with this franchise, I was very proud uh, of the fact that, uh, that they did this. And not only that, the fact that uh, I have some small connection with the city having lived there, coming from so far away, I was, I was very proud as well. One of the things that has come out today, and Frank sort of hinted at this yesterday, is that when people say, well, what can actually happen here? What are these players going to be able to get out of this? And one of the things that I said yesterday, well, they shouldn't have to do anything in the first place. It's ridiculous that they're in this position. But Sham Sharania from The Athletic did tweet, in NBA players slash owners meeting, players challenged owners to be proactive, not reactive to social justice changes, create actions, not simply financial commitments. Uh, the NBA slash MBPA will create a new program to work on player-created initiatives on a daily basis. And this is fantastic. This is the type of stuff that we, we have spoke about in the past. Uh, the owners, and, and we credit the Bucks owners, no doubt they've been certainly progressive in the community in Milwaukee. They do a lot. But at the same time, with owners across the league, they're billionaires. They have connections, whether it's in politics, whether it's in other people of power, they can have real influence. So it, it is more than just saying, We've got a lot of money. We're going to throw you a few million dollars here because ultimately, you know, I mean, how does, how does that affect them? You know, so across the league, not just with Milwaukee, I think this is certainly a positive thing that the, that the players are pushing. And this is how uh, they will affect change that, again, I'll say it again, the athletes shouldn't have to do, but they continue to stand up and put their best foot forward in ways that, uh, that, that honestly is, uh, continues to be outstandingly impressive. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I think you and I've talked about this before too, but just, you know, credit to the league too, for, for years now under the, the leadership of Adam Silver and, you know, to some extent as well, David Stern before him in just allowing this platform and allowing their players to get these types of messages out there. And, you know, to the point that you just brought up, that's only, I wouldn't even say it's half the battle that part of it is getting that voice heard. But now I think the big thing, and you know, when we knew they were scheduling that meeting for last night and we're trying to talk through some of this stuff, um, you know, one of the things that I think a lot of us were asking is, well, what can the owners do? And, you know, I don't know how it didn't take, well, for me at least, I don't know what it was for you and, and Frank and others, but I don't know how it took me this long to arrive on, Oh yeah. I mean, it's right here. It is right here in front of us. This is what they can do. And I think this is definitely the plea from the players is look, you know, we have this platform and we're celebrities and we're famous and we have people watching us on TV, but ultimately we don't have the pull that you guys do with your relationships and friendships right. and business partnerships and everything that you've leveraged with these elected officials and others that can influence them that, you know, we've told you for years that this is what we're, dealing with here and you know you've said you've listened and you've said you supported us and you're there for us but now we need your help and we need some action from you guys so I think that is clear 
um, what is going to come out of it. I think it's long overdue and I'm just, you know, anticipating looking forward to seeing what exactly the plan is that they're putting together. Cause from the sounds of it, it's, you know, some of the information that's trickled out, it sounds like there's going to be some uh, daily plans and daily things that we're seeing here from the ownership group. So from a basketball point of view, and we sort of hinted at the fact that it, it does look at this point and, and everything's still up in the air, but it does look at this point like basketball may return over the weekend, uh, potentially Saturday. Uh, the Bucks have scheduled a practice. Now, there isn't a time locked in there, but it looks like they may be back on the practice court on Friday at some point. So we are going to get an opportunity for the first time uh, since uh, they they didn't come out on the floor to talk to perhaps a, a player or two, uh, probably Mike Budenholzer, certainly. So uh, that, again, from a basketball perspective, is a step in the right direction for these guys. Of course, the most important thing is the reason why they didn't come on the court, and that will continue to be the focus. Uh, there was, though, a report that came out that Aaron Gordon has left uh, the bubble. Now, uh, of course, it feels so strange now to go back to the series and think about this with the Bucks with the 3-1 lead looking to close out the Magic. But Aaron Gordon, if basketball comes back, is not going to play. I think we sort of discussed this briefly before we started recording, and we will update everyone with a podcast when we find out more. If there is a scheduled date, I'm sure we will run a, a little weekend emergency pod. There's no doubt about that. It does. It might. It would make sense to me if basketball is returned that they just continue to roll through with the schedule. So whatever the schedule was supposed to be on Wednesday, I feel like is most likely going to be the first day back. Does that make sense? I don't know. That seems to fit for me. Yeah, no, I'm with you that I, I am kind of operating under the assumption as of right now that the three games scheduled for Wednesday and probably in the same order, unfortunately for Bucks fans or fortunately um, will take place. I would guess Saturday and that Thursday's games would just pick up Sunday and then we'd, basically start over from there. So I think we can probably leave it there for this pod. Uh, Justin, was there anything else that you had to add regarding the last couple of days or any other points you wanted to make? Because <laughs> well, it, 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 there's, there's been a lot going on. Let's say that. Yeah. I mean, the only other thing is, and it, it still kind of feels weird to talk about basketball on the floor here, Yeah, yeah. but you, you mentioned Aaron Gordon leaving the bubble. I mean, going into Wednesday's scheduled game one of the things I was talking about with with Ted before we went on the air and a few others that were in there with us was you know it's going to be really interesting to watch what version of this Magic team comes out today with their backs against the wall facing elimination and you think about it from the Magic's perspective too uh, they're in their home city in a bubble living in a hotel where they're down 3-1 they know it's probably over and you may have hit that point where you're just you know, we're sick of being here in the hotel. I just want to go home. I want to go to my home that's 10 minutes away. So are we going to see a Magic team that essentially is willing to roll over? And I think that still applies to whenever game five is played is what's the version, especially now that, you know, we haven't seen them all series, but now we know Aaron Gordon is out again and Michael Carter Williams and everything else they're dealing with. What's going to be the motivation and what's the drive of this Magic team that we see show up for game five? Or are they already, you know, ready to just say, we're already in Orlando, let's just get ready to go home? Well, Aaron Gordon was, I mean, the way they were talking was that he was getting closer, getting closer, getting closer. So I, I do think if they thought this series was going seven games, they probably would keep him around. That's kind of the the easy takeaway I'm taking from this regarding him, obviously. He's been a vital player for them 
over the past few years before uh, the season did go on this little uh, postponement here or, you know, again, we don't know what's going to happen. One of the games we saw was the Raptors well and truly cleaned up the nets and they scored 150 plus in that fourth game as the sweep, as they took care of the sweep. So, yeah, I, I think it, it certainly is a factor. Someone was tweeting, one of the reporters was tweeting yesterday about the fact that these teams uh, that are one game away from elimination uh, now spending another three or four days in the bubble, it might be a difficult time for them, particularly with everything that is going on. Perhaps uh, they are wanting to get back to their own uh, communities and get back to their own homes with their families, uh, which would make a lot of sense to me as well. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what comes up here in the next few days regarding the Bucks. Like I said, we'll keep you updated with this podcast. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening over the last couple of days here as we both pointed to, Justin and I, that Justin and myself, that this was... Uh, truly a historic certainly 24 hours for the Milwaukee Bucks franchise and for the NBA and the great work that these players continue to do uh, it continues to move forward we hope that they continue uh, to make progress and everyone in general stands up listens and educates themselves on these important issues that are much more important than basketball and make talking on this podcast about actual encore play feel very trivial Justin but I appreciate you jumping on as always Anytime. So we'll be back at some point, perhaps over the weekend, perhaps for a post-game pod, perhaps for an update on the season. Keep an eye out on Twitter at LockedOnBucks and we will have an update for you guys. But until then, stay safe out there. Enjoy the beginning of your weekend and we'll speak to you guys soon.